fly the L and fly it proud, Chicago Cubs fans, because your Milwaukee Brewers just annihilated you at American Family Field, freaking 14-4. to four. <laughs> Too bad Lorenzo Cain wasn't playing. You can't play the, you just got owned by Lorenzo Cain. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? The Cubs are going to lose today. No hey, what's the verdict on Low Cain, by the way? What's... I didn't hear anything about him. I think the last thing I heard, they were hoping to get him back sometime in July. Uh, No, we're creeping up on July. Do you see the update on Travis Shaw? Yeah, okay, Rowdy, (laughs) uh, you guys guys were talking about the DM group last night. Tell the fine folks about Travis Shaw. Yeah, so Travis Shaw said he's going to avoid surgery, and his uh, target date is August 10th. And that's a Cub series, isn't it? It it? is a Cub series, I believe. So Shaw... Now, there's also something else that you had said, Rowdy, that I agreed with. Don't hold your breath. Yeah, I'm not holding my <laughs> breath on that one. Neither am I. That's I, Like RJ said in the DMs, I'm pretty sure that's just his when he's officially able to come off the 60-day yeah. D- IL. Yeah, because I mean, it was 60 days exactly, right? Like, well, not exactly, but I mean, we'll that, go with that it. puts you right around we'll two months from now. You know, that's right around 60 days. Yeah. Has, has he technically been put on it yet? Uh, I'll have to get the research department on that. But, yeah, that separated shoulder, um, they were ho- – great counsel. I remember like a day or so after he laid out and got injured that they said everything was coming back pretty good from the x-rays. So hopefully they can avoid surgery. That would be very nice to get the mayor of Ding Dong City back. But then we also had the conversation, if Travis Shaw comes back, where is he playing? That's, that's another good because point. Because the only Arias way – is doing pretty good at third base. The only yeah. way I can see Travis Shaw coming back and playing – is if he swings the bat like he did in April. You think all that time off you're gonna, with a shoulder injury make you a recipe for a good swinging of a bat? No, no. that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like look at look at some of these guys. And now that when when you have a healthy Colton Wong, your infield is obviously Colton Wong at second base. Mm-hmm. It's Willie Adamas at shortstop. Yep. And right now it's got to be uh, Luis Urias at. Uh, Third base. I, I don't know why it would be anything but that. And speaking of Colton Wong, out of the starting lineup yesterday for the second straight day with tightness in his left calf, Wong said, quote, I felt better every single day. Uh, maybe I'll return tomorrow, but I think Wednesday is more of a reliable timeline for it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, there. I think it was right after he came out of that uh, weekend game with the, the calf injury, they said he was day-to-day at the worst. He misses the Cubs series, but they expected him to be back relatively soon so thankfully he doesn't have to make his third il stint of the season which we're approaching the halfway point here yeah but i mean if you're looking at if we're talking about where is travis shaw gonna play i don't think he plays i mean yeah since since the willie adamas trade luis arias has raised his batting average 32 points he's hitting just under 240 currently Obviously, since the Willie Adamas trade and Willie Adamas was brought over from Tampa Bay, he's raised his batting average 43 points and is playing well. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you have Colton Wong, who had he had stayed healthy, some of his numbers, if you uh, extrapolate it out to 162 game season, he's having one of his better career years. Yeah. Yeah. So what does Travis Shaw do? I think he rides fine. Yeah, there's nowhere for him to play. Sorry, I was talking with the research department, so yeah, I didn't I'll hear. Did you even mention first base? No, no. we didn't even get to first okay. base no, yet. No. Uh, and right there, since returning on the 23rd. You're talking Kess Daddy? Keston here is hitting 353. Keston here is tearing it up. Uh, he's raised his batting average. 30 points. 30 points. Keston here has had three home runs in four days. Yeah. Too. And. You know what? Some of it the it, man can hit. Some of it I think can be attributed. We kind of talked about it off air on Sunday and Saturday and then you guys touched on it a little bit yesterday. The approach at the plate for this team has changed. They're more patient oh, yeah. at the plate. They're not swinging for the fences every time. In instead of firing anybody they just changed their entire philosophy at some point. I think they told their. Working. I think they told their nerd department, their analytic department, to get lost. We'll go no further than what start bunting. What sparked that huge ten-run inning in the eighth inning last yep. night? It started with a, a Jace Peterson where he had a great at bat, worked a walk. Yep. The very next batter was Keston Hira, who again had a great at bat, worked a walk. 
And then all of a sudden, JBJ had the huge hit. But that inning started with two guys that worked the count and had good at bats, followed off some pitches, and worked walks. Yeah. The Brewers then sent 14 batters to the plate that uh, eight inning round. Those were guys that a month ago, you probably would have saw them, especially Keston Hira. Because if I remember correctly, Keston Hira, that count started out as one and two, and he ended up working a walk. Yeah. That's Keston Hira. Stint one, stint two, you know, whatever stint you want to call it besides this last week that he's been playing, that's probably a strikeout. Yeah, he's, he's K every time. He's swinging, missing horribly. And it's not or just looking. Keston Hira who has been performing for six days since being recalled, but it's guys like Willie Adamas who was really struggling in Tampa Bay, but he was a solid shortstop before struggling this year. Even Luis Rios, who... All of a sudden, we were seeing him starting to put at bats together and looking better post that Arcia trade, but it had taken a couple weeks. But it, it's just like that snowballed since Willie Adamas came. The at bats have just gotten that much better. Totally. And we've we've seen Christian Yelich pretty much the whole season be able to work walks and get on base. He's, he's just better. he's just struggling at hitting some of those pitches that are in the zone that he used to put in the in the seats. And he's starting to come on a little bit. I mean, he had a good weekend, and he was productive yesterday, too. Vogelback, before going on the IL, was starting to to have much better at-bats where he was seeing pitches, making good contact. Yeah. And a lot of this stems from taking good pitches, seeing seeing the ball well, making contact, and hitting the baseball the other way. Being patient. Not really. trying to put it in the seats into your pole field. Yeah, and uh, let's. And you were totally right. Started with a good at bats, you know, especially from what Peterson and then um, here, like you said, Jackie Bradley Jr. the RBI double that gave the Brewers the lead. Then Willie Adamas didn't. Did they walk Yelich and then Willie Adamas? Yep. Yep. Then Willie Adamas came up and blew the game wide he open with a three run shot. And then Keston here is like, all right, I'm going to leave no doubt here at the the final uh, little uh, end of this eighth inning because I'm going to do a three run jack myself. And then the Cubs fans, shame on you, Cubs fans. I saw a ton of you leaving when it was ten to four. You should have stuck around a little longer to see Keston Hira with that three-run <laughs> jack. Shame on you for not watching Keston Hira, a homer for his third time in four games. It's amazing how quickly Shame. Wrigley North can become American Family Field. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Well, we, we talk a lot, and I know it's been in, in the media you. quite a bit around the Brewers, about Willie Adamas and how good the Milwaukee Brewers have been since that trade, how it seems like he's just kind of brought some life, brought some energy to this Brewers team that maybe was lacking it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And if you look at how well he played with Tampa versus how well he's playing with the Milwaukee Brewers, it's two different players. Totally. Here's his change of scenery. Here's his statistics with the Tampa Bay Rays. He played in 41 games. He had five home runs, 15 RBIs, and was batting 197. Oof. Since the trade to Milwaukee, he's played in 35 games. He has six home runs. He's batting 286 and an on-base percentage of 357. Wow. So he has one more home run in six less games. He's got a batting average that's nearly 90 points higher, and he has an on-base percentage that's over 100 points higher. Wow. Plus, he continues to play plus defense for you. He is he has been literally the spark for the Milwaukee Brewers ever since uh, he was acquired. And now this is a guy that He's a beast. his career average isn't exactly as great as what he's swung the bat with the Brewers. We just noted, you know, he's batting two eighty six. He's got an on base percentage of just south of three sixty. But he is a shortstop that career wise is a two fifty five hitter, mm -hmm. fifteen home runs, probably fifty plus RBIs. In today's baseball, if you don't have like the Troy Tulowitzkis of the world from back in the day or the Trevor Stories that are just absolute sluggers, you're going to take that all day at the shortstop position. Sure. And I remember there were a lot of people that were very upset about the Willie Adamas trade oh. when they first acquired them because they're like, oh, they're punting on Urias after two bad weeks stretch of defense. And man, they never should have traded Orlando Arcia. <laughs> And do you remember what I told what well, I hey, said on here? I go, if any time you can upgrade your certain position that you're looking to upgrade, it's a good trade. Oh, and yeah. they clearly did that it, if you get what Willie Pri Willie Adamas was prior to this season. Rowdy, if your GM is not actively trying to make your team better all the time, do you really Making want that worse. GM? 
And acquiring yeah. Willie Adamas gave you a better shortstop than what Luis Arias currently was yep. and what Orlando Arcia was. Hey. And, and he's performed. Yeah, speaking of uh, the Orlando Arcia trade, we're going to talk to Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show at 740. This guy, I think, still sleeps with his Orlando Arcia teddy bear and cries himself to sleep at night knowing that he's no longer with the Brewers. I don't even think he's made it back to the majors yet for the Atlanta Braves. Right? No, I was, you're going to have to ask Grant if he's going to stay up for the Gwinnett County game tonight. Yeah, we'll ask him because they were off yesterday, right? They were off, but they're back in action. Yeah, so we'll talk to Grant Bills, and he's going to puff his chest out um, if he can pry himself away from his uh, dirty gym shock uh, for Chris Middleton and everything that he uh, saw Sunday night oh. Yeah, with his love of, of K-Money. So we'll talk with Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show coming up. So, Grant, I hope you're listening. We're uh, very excited to have you. But, boys, the Milwaukee Brewers, it was nice just to see this an ass-whooping of the Chicago Cubs last night. Uh, very tight game, obviously, uh, leading up to it. Freddie Peralta was dazzling. He was money. Uh, you had the Brewers. There's something about the – can you guys feel it in the air with the Cubs and the Brewers in there? Like, there's just – everything seems, like, more amplified and more tense. I think it's truly because it's a rivalry. Maybe Is that just me because I hate the Cubs? Like, I watch more intently? Or can you feel like there's, like, extra drama with every pitch? You, uh, certain players might not think so, but uh, I think we feel it from the Milwaukee side to the Chicago side. Yeah. And I definitely know Cubs fans feel it because there's no reason why you'd flood uh, American Family Field if you if you didn't. And peop, you have the yeah. people who say... Well, it's easy to get to. Okay, yeah, understand yeah, that. Okay, yeah. But then go to your home games. Do you think I'm, <laughs> do you think I'm like wrong easier. on and, this one? And a lot of people go, and it's just like, uh, who's the, the manager? Rick Renteria from yeah. back in the 80s. The day go, game people. Go get jobs. Go get jobs. The day game guys. <laughs> do you think I'm wrong on this one? If you look at the fans for the Cubs Brewers, I think it's obviously hyped up because there's a lot of Cubs fans that are in Wisconsin. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, thanks Milwaukee Braves. Jeez, so obviously, Mr. there is you know a little bit of a rivalry just because it's like your neighbor could be a big Cubs wonk, yep. and I think that obviously drives it. But on the field, I feel like it's just like what Cole Hamill said. It's not we a rivalry. Don't, we don't see you as rivals. It's totally like, fan driven. I think it is fan driven. It totally is. If you watch the at least from one side, because if you watch the Brewers playing the Cubs. I think the Brewers get hyped to play the Cubs, yeah. especially this year. I don't think I see the Cubs players getting hyped to play the Brewers. Maybe because no. they don't have the passion, Rowdy, like the Brewers players do. If you start if you start beaming some of them, then they get a little upset. Then I think the rivalry is more sparked. Well, but I think it's totally fan driven. And to your point, I agree with you. I think fan driven number one, Brewers players number two, and then the Cubs fan or Cubs. Cubs players are like, well, well that's I'm, also I'm here for a paycheck. One of the big criticisms that I know a lot of Cubs fans have had with this Chicago Cubs team and Nucleus since they won that World Series. They don't care. Is it's like they don't care, they don't have the same passion since they won. Because remember in 2015, they were like right there with the Mets who had at the time they had the Dark Knight. Yeah. They had Noah Syndergaard. That was Thor. when they had all of those stud superheroes. Young all pitchers. the superheroes. <laughs> and Obviously, the the Mets beat them, yep. and they came up short in the what was that the NL um, CS. Yeah. Then that next year they got hot. Obviously, they win the World Series against the Indians in 2016, and everyone was talking about 15 and 16 about how they were right there in 15. They won it in 16, and this is going to be a dynasty for the next five six years because oh. they're built for that. Bam. Well, guess what they've done in the last five to six years underperform pretty much every single year. Yep. And you know what everybody's going to remember for the next 100 years? They won one. Hey, listen, they won one. I'm still waiting as a Brewers fan to get one right. under my belt. So am I. But but it took them 108 years. Yeah. Which is hilarious. But it also seems to be the problem with what the fan base sees as the team is that they're not passionate about winning anymore. And it's almost like I think a lot of the fans, for the most part, are looking to kind of move some of the nucleus and kind of blow it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, our guy Infofrost. Like they're pretty ready to just be done with some of the guys. <laughs> yeah, our guy, like, our guy Infofrost on uh, Twitch.tv, search my name Ebo, says at the follow button, he says, what about Contreras? He seems pretty hyped. <sighs> yeah, he's just a tool. I just think he's a douchebag to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that's what it is. Dude, I'm still laughing about Baez calling, uh, arguing with the ump in that second inning when Freddie Peralta, like, clearly, it was like a, what, 
mid upper left strike zone, like struck him out, and he's like arguing to the ump. That's always, another thing that's good to do that. Yeah. Cubs fans love Javier Baez, especially defensively, and they love his energy and everything like that. But then when he's playing terribly and making mistakes, they hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Any complaints? The only, the only complaints I would have for yesterday's game. And I think you could easily say it would stem for Freddie Peralta in the first inning or so, and then Boxberger and Devin Williams. Mm -hmm. Throw strikes. <laughs> Just throw strikes. That's I knew, it. I knew that was it. Just that's it. Just throw strikes. I knew you had one. Especially Boxberger and Williams. Boxberger's had this kind of like up and down. Like his numbers. Both of their numbers overall, you'll take them. They're guys, totally. they're in their low threes for ERAs. And for the most part, it seems like they've been pretty sturdy. They've been pretty reliable. Mm -hmm. But it's some games, it's like, especially with Boxberger and Williams to an extent, it's like they can't find the strike zone. And they, when they start walking, guys, that's when you start to see the issues. Look at all the runs that the Chicago Cubs scored last night. They scored four runs. Freddie Peralta walked the batter yep. and then gave up a home run where he threw it right down the pipe, about belt high, got taken over the fence. There was a walk that cost you a run. Mm -hmm. Boxberger, all the runs that came in on Boxberger were all because literally couldn't he strikes? couldn't throw strikes and was walking people, then gave up a, a home run. And then Devin Williams' big issue was walking people. Now, he got strikes. out of it. But I think a lot of Brewer fans were sweating during that inning. How about Freddie Peralta, dude? He got out of a what was that? Was that the second or third inning when the bases were loaded and he got out well, of Well, that was the thing, especially early in that game before the, the Brewers broke out for ten runs in the eighth. The Brewers had bases loaded twice, they couldn't score. Yeah. The Cubs had bases loaded once and couldn't score. And Freddie Peralta worked out of that one. Freddie Peralta was a beast, dude. Freddie Peralta freaking rules. His ERA. His ERA. Oh, sorry. And then if you add in the Devin Williams at the end of the game, both teams had yeah. the bases loaded twice and couldn't score. Freddie Peralta, six innings, only uh, two hits, two earned runs, you know, dinger. But his ERA now is 2.17. You couple that with Brandon Woodruff, who was on the mound tonight. He's sub three. and uh, Or is he below two now? No, he's below two. And Corbin Burns, is he still below? Did he come up? Is so he you, below two? So you have uh, Freddie Peralta's at... 2.17 ERA. Woodruff goes tonight at 1.89. And Burns right now. Burns, I think, is a little over two. He's 2.53. Mm -hmm. Is Corbin Burns. Look at that. Three pitchers, two of them sub three, one sub two. Unbelievable. And the Brewers bats are waking up. It's because, you know, it's not like it's not like the Cubs. It's not like the Cubs pitching is bad, Rowdy. No. Okay, this Cubs starting pitching. Is above average. Mm -hmm. It's it's not anything close to the Milwaukee Brewers starting pitching, obviously. But you look at where the Cubs have been really good this year. I think the biggest surprise maybe for the Cubs, it has to be how good the bullpen has been this year. They have, by ERA-wise, the best bullpen in baseball. The best bullpen in baseball. When you look at WHIP, which is also Whip. an important one to look at to see really how good they're doing. The Cubs are fifth best bullpen in baseball. Whip. So you obviously can tell that between ERA and whip, this Cubs bullpen, whether you believe in the relievers or not, for the first half of the season has been one of the best bullpens in baseball. And guess what? The Milwaukee Brewers put 10 runs on it whip. last night. Whip. 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 10 runs in the eighth inning. A man can only get so excited. We'll have to check in and see where uh, after that game where the Milwaukee Brewers team now sits. Ooh. ooh, ooh okay, ooh. okay. So we're almost ooh, halfway through the season. The Milwaukee Brewers are now averaging 4.22 runs per game, which is now officially higher than what they averaged last year. Last year was 4.12. And they were 20th last year in the league scoring runs. Currently at 4.22. 18th. Wow. Getting closer to the middle of the road. So now you have a a top 10 pitching staff, which is closer to top 5. You have a bullpen, which now is becoming closer to middle of the road. And an offense all of a sudden, as of late, is getting closer to middle of the road. And you got some guys starting to heat up. Rowdy, will we count Eric Sogard pitching for the Cubs last night for their bullpen? Yes. <laughs> Eric Sogard pitched last night for yes, former Brewer Eric Sogard. Pitched for the Cubs last night. It was so bad. 
that they had to send nerd power in to uh, finish out the game. You know, icons in sports, they always uh, sometimes have like, you know, something to go with their image. And before we talk logos coming up here in Wisconsin athletics, i.e. Graham Mertz, I got to get this on the frontal lobe of everyone. When you think of Jake, the snake, he always had a snake with him, obviously, WWF, Jake the snake. Yeah. Remember Jake the snake? Well, guess what? Uh, this Friday, July 2nd, Jake the Snake is going to be at the Duck Pond, the Madison Mallards. And if you go to our website, madcitysportszone.com, a nice little Jake the Snake uh, picture will was pop up. Damien? That was his python? The python, baby. Jake the Snake Knight. was it a boa constrictor? I think it was a boa constrictor. Yeah, either way, it's Damien. But this uh, July 2nd, man, you got to go out to the Duck Pond. Here's what you go, uh, do if you go to madcitysportszone.com. The ticket package includes grandstand seats, a meet and greet and autograph session with the legend himself, Jake the Snake, and you'll get a three-foot-long gummy snake and a chance to win a giant gummy snake. So all kinds of good stuff from the Madison Mallards. Uh, Jake the Snake will also be signing autographs for $5 pregame if you don't want to purchase the ticket package. So uh, go to madcitysportszone.com. You'll see it. It'll pop right up. If not, it's on the right-hand side. And go get your ticket package. I think we'll have Vern today at uh, 7.50 to talk about it. So Jake the Snake, Rowdy. Also, aren't we doing something on that's Friday the, night? That's the zone night. So, yeah. I mean, we're we're teaming up with the Mallards, bringing out Jake the Snake. So there you go. Love it. All right, boys. Something that um, is going to be different now moving forward in college athletics is name, image, and likeness. As the, what, July 1st, I think, is it getting underway? Yep. Graham Mertz. The, the new academic year. Yeah, Graham Mertz. Thursday, a big day for college athletics, especially Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz already is teasing it on his Twitter account. But the young man, the number five for Wisconsin, the quarterback, has debuted his own logo. Yeah. It's a big Sorry. M and a G. It, I thought it looked like the GameCube logo. Yeah. RJ said, no, it looks like this... Uh, Gorilla game. Gorilla game. Spelled like the revolutionary, not the animal. Yeah, Gorilla. Graham Mertz might be in some trademark law, uh, copyright laws here, but because it either yeah. looks like GameCube or looks just like this Gorilla logo. But he might yeah. not be the only one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because RJ also sent this to this. Uh, uh, looks like sa- Badger Safety Colin Wilder is also getting in on the new NIL name image likeness policy on July 1st. As he, Graham Mertz, uh, Instagrammed out a video of Wilder printing on his own shirts. Bring your own juice, B-Y-O-J shirts, bring your own juice, and on the shirt is Baby Groot. I think Marvel might have something to say about this. Yeah. (laughs) This is definitely trademark infringement. Hopefully he's just putting that on shirts and giving it to guys, uh, because if that goes for sale, I'm going to go ahead and say he's going to get sued by Marvel. Baby Groot? Yeah, there might be a cease and desist there. Yeah. Wait, does Baby Groot say Baby Groot, or does Baby Groot say just Groot? It just says Groot. No, that, I mean, it's all just, I am Groot. Oh, see, I was confusing... Uh, Ooh, um, except that one time he said, we are Groot. I was confusing um, um, Sloth from the Goonies. Baby Groot? Baby Roof. And I was thinking of Baby Groot. So there you go. A wilder definitely... Might be having a knock on his door from some Marvel suits saying, um, excuse me, that's Baby Groot with a beard. Can you not do that? But Graham Mertz, boys, with the logo, are we ready? I mean, obviously, players are ready to make money off their name, image, and likeness as they should. But Graham Mertz with a logo. Yeah, I'm all for players being able to make money off their likeness, doing certain stuff like that. But then there's also a part of me. That says if you're not about a handful of guys that can pull off a logo, don't do don't it. Just don't do it. <laughs> like Aaron Rodgers, he's a smart guy. I don't believe he. Has I don't a logo. think Aaron Rodgers has a logo no. because if you go look at logos across sports from the big time professional athletes, like ninety percent of them suck ass. Oh, more than ninety yeah. percent. I would go with like ninety eight percent. They're terrible. And and the funniest thing is that they're so corny. They're either so corny or they're so like you don't a even know what it is. Something else. Yeah. yeah. This is one. Where I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to say a website will pop up on the first where you can buy yourself some Graham Mertz logo. Oh, it's trademarked, by the way. It's yeah. On it. yep. um, so I don't know if he threw that on there or if this is like now legit. Well, someone and, made this video for him. It's a right, video. Of the logo, but, so someone. But I'm just saying, I don't know if the trademark is just thrown on there or if it's actually trademarked. 
I assume it's trade terrible, terrible timing though for Graham Mertz for it being this July 1st, 2021, because could you imagine if this was July 1st, 2020, and then all of a sudden, Oh, then you're the Illinois game, Illinois game. I would, Sales people, would be through the roof. Yeah. But I'm saying that'd be at a premium rowdy for those. I, if if you wake up early on Thursday, look for a post from him that's a website where you can buy some Graham Mertz gear. It looks like Enron's logo too. Remember Enron? <laughs> that, no, that was an E on its well, side. You know, Enron's got the is like a 3D block. The GameCube's like the 3D block. Yeah. This Gorilla Games one's like a 3D block. It's like a th- it's like a half of a 3D block with an M and a G that it's like a cube. It's like a cube. It looks like GameCube to me. If you had... Oh, okay, maybe not like yeah. Enron. If Graham Mertz <laughs> had this opportunity last year, because if you remember, he absolutely balls out against Illinois, where that was like the only game on national TV at that time. Yeah. And you had people like Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, all these Pete... Twitter was on fire for Go Graham it, Mertz. Kid. It was a storm. How many of those guys... Because then, if you remember correctly... They all tested positive for COVID, so they had to sit out two weeks. And then three, I don't know if almost, you remember this. Almost three weeks later, they play Michigan, but they had that pause. Yeah. Remember that? No, I remember. Do you think you would have seen in those two to three weeks, like guys like Patrick Mahomes, guys like Russell Wilson wearing Graham Mertz type shirts? Oh. If, if he had a website set up and he had them all printed ready to rock? Totally. Yeah. If if Graham Mertz had this logo last year, if the NIL was passed by <laughs> the the you know all the laws and whatnot, they would be sold out everywhere. Now, I I know like the university has but shoe deals and stuff. By midseason, like when they were playing like Indiana and Northwestern, do you <laughs> think people would have regretted their buy? <laughs> okay. what's, the, what's the return policy? They'll, on this? they'll blame it all on COVID. What's the return? You got um, open return policy now. Does does he start working with Under Armour to create a shoe? Who Mertz? Yeah. Throw a logo on on an Under Armour. God, shirt? I feel like you'd have to be. Well, there's an, there's another question. Like, how good do you have to be for the people that give you your jerseys to I feel do like a, 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 a side venture for yeah. for a team for a, a company like Under Armour to say, "Hey, we're gonna pull you aside and come up with like a shoe." One, in theory, Graham Mertz can leave after this year, correct? Uh no, he's a true freshman. Nope, you're right. Yeah, he's done it this he year. Could he, could be, be. he could be out the door, and then you only have that shoe for one year. I'm thinking about... But it could be one of those things, I don't think hey, he's that big, though. It could be one of those things, hey, here's a X amount uh, a year shoe deal. So even when you go to the pros, you're going to be using under. Well, they say right here, Mertz will likely be one of the most marketable athletes in the Big Ten. The starter at Wisconsin, which is known for his ultra-passionate fan base... <laughs> Threw for 1,238 <laughs> yards and nine touchdowns in seven games last year, despite the Badgers having massive COVID issues. Well, and we're talking about Graham Mertz like that. And in all, in reality, he's had one really good game and another decent game. Yeah, the, and the, the rest, hype is so much more. Yeah, than the rest the are reality. average at best. Think about the guys in the past, like the Tim Tebow's and the Johnny Manziel's that literally took the NCAA by storm. Oh, yeah, and Vince not just Young. for one year, but for like three years. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and, they, and they backed it up. Mm-hmm. Graham Mertz has had one really good game, one decent game, and the rest you're just like... Those were guys that if they were able to sell their likeness and this was like a real policy back when they played, those were guys that it wouldn't matter if they were busting the NFL. They'd already never have to work again in their life. Yeah. I mean, just just think of like, even in his short time at Wisconsin, like Brian Calhoun. You oh, know, yeah, dude. Guys like that. You You think about... The running backs that have come through here that could just have been like, yeah, that guy's going to make a lot of money. In or college. how about <laughs> the Russell Wilson Wisconsin merch for just being here for one year? Right. Yeah. Uh, and this CBS article, they say the Graham Mertz's logo looks a lot like golfer's Tiger Woods. I don't I don't see that at all. It literally looks like GameCube to me. Yeah. It, well, it looks does. like GameCubes, like Nintendo GameCube. Yeah. We were talking earlier about how 98% of these logos are basically either playing off of another logo or they're just not good. Yeah, and we'll get more to this, Rowdy, coming up too, yes. But when you look at people that have logos... Like can, Rashawn Gary? That can actually pull off a logo. Yeah, that's not a logo. I can come Rashawn up Gary. with like maybe five guys. That's horrible. Well, save, save the list for five guys. But what about Rashawn Gary? Remember his logo? <laughs> it's like a, it's an R and a, it looks like a, an upside-down... It's an upside-down pyramid with an R and a G. Maybe it's an arrow. Could be an arrow. It's pointing <laughs> down. It could be an arrow. 
Rashawn well, Gary. Lineman. He's he's a hands down lineman. True, because we had a lot of people on the Twitch channel saying Rowdy. I feel like Rowdy's talking about Rashawn Gary's logo right now. Uh, honestly, I don't think he knew he had a logo. Uh, well, he, I know we had a logo oh, because okay. when you click on his profile, it shows that you're blocked and it shows the logo. <laughs> Just you're blocked. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, when I thought blocked. of logos, Rashawn Gary didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> Same. Uh, the Twitch channel had to remind me about that Rashawn Gary had a logo. Like, we'll get to the logos, the good ones, and the, a lot of bad ones. But, Rowdy, to your point, we'd say like 98% of the logos are terrible out there. For sure. Aaron Rodgers. Last time I ch- I don't think Aaron Rodgers has a logo. That's because the dude's smart enough to realize that all the good logos are either taken or he does not have the smart enough people around him to think of a good logo that doesn't make him look like an idiot. Because there's so many bad logos out there. Yeah. Graham Mertz. I hope people buy yours, brother, because I want I want you to make money. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go uh, my personal opinion on yours. It reminds me of GameCube, and I don't care for it. All right, real quick, real quick. Out of all of the Wisconsin Badger players that have come through the university, and in the past, if they had the opportunity to make legit merchandise and sell T-shirts and stuff with a logo or something that had to do with them, how many of them do you think you would have actually have bought? Rondane. Ron, yeah, I was going to say Rondane, too. I'll say Rondane. I would have bought Lee Evans. I like. I loved Lee Evans. Uh, Rondane. Would you have bought Russell Wilson for that one year? Probably not. Probably not. One one year? No. No. It would you, have, some staying would you have gotten some J.J. Watt stuff? Possibly. No. Unless it looked like the one that it looks like now, because that one's tough. Yeah. I I <laughs> probably wouldn't have. Rondane, for sure. So you're talking about the all-time J- Jonathan leading Taylor. Rusher. Uh, maybe I like Melvin Gordon a lot. Maybe Melvin Gordon yeah, an MG three, MG three would be. See, cool. there's a lot of maybes uh, here. Not a lot of pulling the trigger. I would have gotten the. the I would pull the trigger. Ron Hill toughen up pills T-shirt. Toughen up pills. <laughs> oh no! Uh, excuse me. I can't believe I didn't say this. Joel Stave. I would have bought. All-time winning oh, as quarterback. That's true. Wisconsin football history. Even when he was on the bench. Even when he was on the bench, I would have bought the Yips T-shirt with his logo on it. <laughs> Gary <Yips>. Anderson. <laughs> Joel Stave and Ron Dane Rowdy. Man, Joel Stave should have came out with a. With a Wisconsin uh, bad Bucky Badger T-shirt that was like almost like a caricature of him, but in the Bucky thing, flipping up the middle finger with the F from Bucky, but says "F you, I don't have the yips." Yeah, and Gary Anderson looking dejected. F you, you're a horrible. My buddy, coach. I had a buddy just text ask, me. Just ask some guy you're going to be coaching in a few years. I had a buddy text me over the weekend. I, he was out for brunch. I, I forget where he was on Sunday. But he texted me a picture of Joel Stave sitting down at uh, a restaurant eating. He said, yeah, all I did was yell out, you rule Stave, and then walked out. And he just now, gave me a fist pump. I'll agree with you. I would have bought a Joel Stave t-shirt if it was him as a caricature flicking off, you know, Gary the Anderson. Gary Anderson thing saying, I'm a good quarterback or something <laughs> like that. That hate, would be fun. I hate your guts. Joel Stave double birds. It says all-time winningest quarterback. <laughs> I would actually buy that because it would be hilarious. Since someone had to hand the ball off. <laughs> College sports will forever be changed as now they can make money off their name, image, likeness. As they should. I'm not here to argue that they shouldn't. I'm all for people making money. If you want to go make money, I say you go make money. Just too bad Uncle Sam's got to stick his greedy hands in your pockets, Rowdy, and take some of it. But here's the thing. Graham Mertz has released his new logo. And if you go to Graham Mertz's Twitter account, Graham Mertz 5, there's a little six, or I'm sorry, eight second long video. And it's Mertz uh, throwing a, a bomb against Illinois. Says, I got five on it. And then holding up the his hand, the number five, then his logo's right there. To me, the Graham Mertz logo, if you're familiar with video games, Nintendo had this thing called the GameCube. Graham Mertz's logo looks like Nintendo GameCube's logo. It's like a cube that forms an M and a G, but it looks just like it's uh, the GameCube logo. I just, I can't not see GameCube when I look at Graham Mertz's logo. To me, Rowdy, it's not really the uh, the most pleasing logo, if you will. But here's the thing in professional sports or sports in general. When you make a logo, they usually suck ass. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and we talked about it earlier, but 98% of athletes that come up with logo, it's corny. Or it's a ripoff of some other type of logo, like you mentioned, GameCube. <laughs> it looks or, like GameCube. Or you're just not that good of a player where it's like, who cares? All right, name of of all the logos out there. There's can, like five. We can think of a lot of corny ones. 
There's like five in my mind that are legit logos that those guys can pull off. And you're like, I will buy something with that. This is cool. All right. Name the five. Michael Jordan. No doubt. Jumpman. Obviously. Iconic. And then the spinoffs of the Michael Jordan collection, you'd have the Derek Jeter Jumpman where it's him doing like the jump throw, Yep. but it's for baseball. Yep. Love it. And then the other one for baseball is Ken Griffey Jr. Swingman. Love it. Where he's swinging. Who didn't love the swingman? Yes. Those three right there. And then outside of that, I think you'd have to go with Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods the with the TW looks like a, like a emblem shield kind of thing. Pretty cool. And then the only other one that I think can really pull it off because he is who he is, is Tom Brady. DB12. And that's only become newer in the last five years. I'm trying to think of other logos that are like cool, that are affiliated with the individual. Wilson, Russell Wilson, lame. Get out of here. Lame. JJ Watt, lame. lame. Rashawn Gary, since people brought it up earlier, lame. lame. See, Aaron Rodgers, I don't think Aaron Rodgers has a logo. That's because he's smart enough to realize that most logos look idiotic. And they're just, they look like a weird, I don't know what they, I don't even know how to describe it besides just not good. Or I know RJ brought up Phil Mickelson before he left. Celebrating. Okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's, it's, to me, I, I chuckle at it because it's Phil Mickelson. I'm look at it and go more like, meh. Uh, let's see. Kobe's logo. The Was that the Python? It's like a cobra or it's like you, you have to go. I have a hard time explaining it. You have to Google it. It was with the snake. Just, just Google it. Yeah. There's a snake wrapped around. Um, Whatever. It's, it's fine. Like it's not bad, but it's not great. It's fine for the Kobe logo. But if you're looking at logos, there literally is a handful that are cool. And the rest are just so. Oh, I know what lame. you're talking about. I was thinking more of like his Mamba. One, which was slightly different, but still, this one's even more whatever. Yeah, I mean, how many how many logos out there? Are you really like yes. So Graham Mertz, uh, good on you, man. Like I'm all for you making your own logo. I'm all for you, you know, going selling your name, image, and likeness and making money. I think everyone should go out and make money. Steph Curry has a logo. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, there's there's so many whatever logos. Rob Gronkowski, lame. Uh, let's see, Kevin Durant, lame. Bryce Harper, lame. Uh, you should you should check out some of the tennis ones. Like Carmelo Anthony has a logo. Carmelo Anthony's logo it says mellow, and then it's like a tribal tattoo. Remember remember tribal tattoos like dudes who peaked in the nineties, like guys who really thought that the tribal tattoo was like the way to go, despite them never being associated with any tribe besides maybe Budweiser. And they put this weird. Hey, what tribe you from? <laughs> I'm with the Budweiser tribe. So they put these like tribal cool logos on them. If it goes all the way around, <laughs> uh, it's like the old tramp stamps. It's like mel. It says mellow with the weird tribal logo on. It's like, dude, what? You know what? Actually, for a logo, that's actually all right. What the mellow one? No. Oh, Shaq, where he's dunking the basketball. Yeah, that one's that's sick. an all right one. That one is badass. Love me some Shaq. Love the Shaq logo. Yeah, that's like pure 90s, dude. Him like throwing down on the hoops, a Shaq underneath it. That's a badass one. See, but it's so few and far between of how many good ones you can have. Graham Mertz looking at his logo. Are you kidding me? Andrew Wiggins has a logo? Stop. I thought you had to be good to be, have a logo. He does not, does he? He doesn't. Andrew Wiggins logo. I'm still laughing about the tribal. Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> he's trying to rip off NW. Andrew Wiggins. Leave, let NW do its thing, man. Big Baller again, Brand is awesome. Again, Don't ever slander Big Baller Brand again on again, Twitch. Again, there's about half a dozen that are legit logos. Yeah. So not only is Graham Mertz throwing his hat in the ring with the logo, and Nelson, you brought up a really good point. If Graham Mertz, now obviously the name, image, likeness, the NIL when you see it around, is coming this week. So he couldn't do it last year. But if Graham Mertz unleashed his logo after the Illinois game, rowdy. That thing sold out everywhere. No, like that's at a premium. I don't think there would have been a higher time for sales unless he continues to play like he did against Illinois this year. Now, he is supposed to be healthy. Mm-hmm. His receivers will be healthy coming into the year. And I think you'd have to imagine that the run game is going to be better than where it was last year. And the offensive line continues to add four and five star players. And you'd have to imagine they'll probably be better. But yeah, the height of Mertz mania during that Illinois game or right thereafter. Man, those T-shirts would have been flying off like hotcakes. Oh, my God, I know. Also, um, another Badger is throwing his, his logo out there. That's Badger Safety, Colin Wilder. He's um, Graham Mertz posting on his Instagram a, a picture, a video of Wilder, and it's BYOJ, bring your own juice. 
And it's a picture of Baby Groot drinking the juice, the BYOJ, the juice. I I think Marvel's going to come knocking on his door and be like, cease and desist, sir. Yeah, and another thing with Wilder, it's like he's maybe, well, he's probably just not a name that's really going to have a lot of staying power, mm-hmm. even being at Wisconsin. Hey, go, go but, try. But yeah, here's the thing. With this new NCAA policy where they can make money off their likeness, you at least should try. Uh, our guy Nick Langer just messaged me. He goes, talking about logos, it's got initials and numbers in there. I like the logos that have hinted images. Yeah, they're all like that. But here's the thing. They all look like, they look like. When I thought of. You got to decipher it. Like the Rosetta Stone just to decipher it. When I thing. thought of names and likeness, though, like when originally they were talking about all this, I wasn't thinking about every player that having was halfway logo? decent having a logo. I was thinking more or less like, hey, at the team jersey store or at the team store where they have like the, remember when they used to have the 44 Badger jerseys, which obviously that was Frank Kaminsky. Yeah. Like them being able to have their name on it and making money for those type of jersey selling. Or you'd always see like Paul Christ on the Chevy commercials. Yep. It'd be like, okay, obviously they'd probably want Jonathan Taylor doing that over Paul Christ. Oh, my wife. My wife went in the Paul Christ commercial for the Chevy. She goes, who's that? I'm like, you don't know who that is? She goes, no. I don't really want to buy a Chevy from him either. I'm like, it's Paul Chris. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I was thinking it would be like more of those type of like TV commercials. Who's that? Or you know how like uh, Jonathan Taylor is now doing a lot of stuff with the UW Credit Union? Yeah. I thought you'd be seeing more of those type of deals for those Same. superstar so type I, players. Yeah. Not a logo. You mean Jonathan Taylor when he's in Minnesota and Chicago? That one, Rowdy? Yes. God. Like... Not logos. Logos, unless you are like those half a dozen people we listed, they're dumb, they're overplayed, and they're not cool. Yeah, and I, are, let's ask yourself, are you going to go out of your way to buy that guy's logo? It looks stupid. Like, Graham Nertz, his is, looks like GameCube, but like the Russell Wilson, the J.J. Watt, the, you know, the insert guys here, it's like, this, and you're like deterring me from like, wanting to buy I w- this. I would feel like... Graham Mertz is way more cool if he did like a Domino's pizza endorsement where he's in like a commercial where it's like, hey, it's game day with your buddies. And all of a sudden, Graham Mertz is like there eating pizza. Yes. Order of Domino's for your game day. And he does like an actual commercial, not a logo. Hey, go make money. If it makes you money, if you end up making more money than it, than it costs you to you know design this logo, then I'm all for it. As long as you're in the black making money, I'm for you. I'm for, I'm oh. pro people making oh. money. Z in the D messaged in. He was naming some of the people with logos like Floyd Mayweather, LeBron James. But how about this one? Stefan Marbury. Oh, the, the Starberries. <laughs> oh, okay. Stephen Berry's collection right there. How dare how shame on us for not bringing up <laughs> Stefan Marbury's Starberries. That was Man. the pinnacle, the height of logos. That was the height of Stephen Berry's. That was. I had a, vo- well, it wasn't real velour. I had a velour Starberries tracksuit to go with the Starberry tennis shoes, all for the low, low price. I bet you I spent less than $30 for a full tracksuit rowdy and shoes. The Starberries. Now, I, I will say this. I Beautiful. was a huge Stephen Berry's guy. You know, you get all of your like. Well, $10 for three t shirts, Rowdy? Come on. Yeah, you'd get all of your like college what? football t shirts. You t-shirts, buy five, you get your 10 sweatshirts, yeah. you get whatever. I can never say that I ever bought any of their track jumpsuits or their Stefan Marbury you shoes. Out. You missed out. Never got any of them. You missed out. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Evo, I bought some good stuff from Stephen Berry. Big Joe, day. you are Mr. Stephen Berry. I got a uh, USC Trojans t-shirt there because I'm a big USC guy. Yep, and I probably use Trojans. The, I got a uh, Brett the Hitman Heart t-shirt. Did you get an FBI best. shirt, Federal Booty Inspector? I thought it was Female no, Body never, Inspector. Oh, f- sorry, Female Nelson booty. will back me on this. Student High School will never let us wear those shirts right now. Just because they're soft. No, I got asked to turn mine inside out even at a hockey game once. Wow. I was at a... Wow. I was at a event wearing a shirt that I had to turn Big Joe, they out. won't even let you chant Civ at a hockey game. Big Joe, did you have a oh, shirt that was, says, I'm not a doctor, bad. but I'll take a look from Stephen Berry's? <laughs> <laughs> no, I got, like I said, Evo, I got a USC Trojans t-shirt. I got, a, now. <laughs> I got a Brett the Hitman Heart t-shirt that says the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Or do you remember the 
like the doctor like white lab coat with the little thing, but it had it was a t shirt and it had open, like yeah. the little name clip that said Doctor Seymour Bush. <laughs> There's Seymour Bush, That's Seymour funny. Butts, IP Freely. <laughs> Big Joe. What is this? What is this evil a prank called? The Moat Tavern. Hey, Big Joe. Before, we, yeah, exactly. Before I let you go, man, Bucks winning hey, tonight. Don't go, make, don't go making phony calls, Evo. Come that's, on. That's Weird Al. Bucks winning tonight, Big Joe. Yeah, your name. Bucks and six, baby. Love Bucks it. And six. Thanks, Big Joe. See you, buddy. See you, buddy. Uh, line two. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Follows Mitch and Madison. Mitch and Madison, my man, Mister. I feel like you were at Stephen Barry's too. I would, no, that's why I was calling. <laughs> my whole junior high and high school <laughs> wardrobe was. Seriously, 99% Stephen Barry. I think yeah, that was I everyone. Worked. Mitch, you buy five yeah. shirts, you get 10 free. It was sick. Yes. Yeah, so, well, and I worked at the mall, too. Mm. So I'd get my check, Same. get her cash, and go right over to Stephen Barry's and load up on random, like, weird college <laughs> hoodies and T-shirts. <laughs> like, Just like, what's this college? I've never heard of this. Let's buy it. All stemming know? from the Starberries. The height of logos peaked with Stephen Barry with Stephon Marbury's Starberry. Yes. Well, no, I mean, that. I don't know if you've seen, uh, I think it's still on Netflix, but there's a really, really good documentary about Marbury. No, uh, dude, dude's, dude's a, a Chinese legend now in the Chinese basketball league. Yeah, and they go they go super deep into it. Like I had my own preconceived notions of him, um, you know, and how the media portrayed him and stuff. But you watch that documentary, it's totally different. I, I uh, recommend it highly. Please tell me you still own some of your Stephen Barry's gear. I mean, uh, I do, but none of it really fits. Damn it! You know, I, uh, I was. I was a, a buck 60 soaking wet in high school. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's kind of the same boat for me there, Mitch. I think I have maybe one sweatshirt that still fits that I bought that was I, way too big at the time. I sadly have nothing left of Stephen Barry's. I cry myself to sleep thinking about it every night. Yeah. I think I got a, I got one of those made-in Wisconsin shirts. <laughs> so There's so many good things there. Oh, my yeah. God. Mitch, always a pleasure, my man. All right, fellas. See you, buddy. <laughs> Actually, I take that back. I think I do. Ha- I know. I think the sweatshirt is a sweatshirt from there. It's the one that has the ripped hood that I wear. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I have one T-shirt from there, which is a Wisconsin Badger football T-shirt. But it doesn't really fit because it's a medium. Way, uh, okay, I got, it. I got it for Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz, he's got his new logo now. Name, and Im- name image, and likeness coming out. Graham Mertz, screw a, uh, a physical store like in the mall. Do a kiosk and sell the shirts there. Graham Mertz could be hawking some shirts at the East and the West Town Mall. It's like a kiosk Stephen Berry's. It'd be beautiful. Or even better, put us in charge of your T-shirt department. We'll figure out all the logistics. Yeah. We'll be right back. Do for some a cut. For a, well, obviously, Rowdy. Everybody's got a price. Bucks, Hawks. Game four tonight. Trey Young injury update. He is questionable, Rowdy, for game four. 7.30 tip down in the ATL. He has a bone bruise on his right foot. Tweaked his ankle, obviously, by stepping on the referee. Got a, a, a bone bruise after undergoing an MRI. At, uh, considered questionable, like they said. Like I said, the, the bone bruise. Now, here's the thing. I've heard a lot of people declaring that the Milwaukee Bucks are going to the NBA Finals. Last time I checked, the Milwaukee Bucks were only up two to one. To quote, to quote Lee Corso from College Game Day. No, 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 not so fast, my friend. <laughs> I've uh, I've been a Milwaukee Bucks fan my whole life, and in my entire life, all I've known is pain and misery. It's not often the Milwaukee Bucks get on the precipice of greatness, and when they do, again, let me reiterate, all I know is pain and misery. <clears throat> 2001, Bucks are playing against the Philadelphia 76ers in the Eastern Conference Finals. I will forever die on this hill, go to my grave, convince the NBA and the NBA's referees rigged it against the Milwaukee Bucks so they could not face the L.A. Lakers in the finals. I know I'm not alone in that belief. In fact, even after the series when they lost to the 76ers, Ray Allen was even quoted as saying, quote, I don't know if they are manipulating it. It just seemed like it was not going to go in our favor. It's hard to understand now. It was so far in the past, but the tone was, uh, Ray Allen goes on and on and on. We're the lowly Milwaukee Bucks, small market. Everyone always has talking about ratings, the ones we did not draw that much of. And I know the coach at the time for the Milwaukee Bucks was even fined a lot of money. So were players fined a lot of money after the game, said the NBA rigged it. 
against the Milwaukee Bucks. So, Rowdy, it starts there with the Bucks at the precipice for me. Yeah, and that was kind of right when I started watching the Milwaukee Bucks and really getting into sports was right around that 2000-2001. Yeah. I think the first the first legit sporting event I ever remember was January 1st of 1999. That's the, that's the first thing I ever remember watching, and I remember very faint details. But basically, that 2000-2001 Milwaukee Bucks team were some of the first Milwaukee Bucks teams that I remember watching, yeah. that I actually watched. And then, yes, they lost to the 76ers, and it just seemed like the Bucks went completely downhill from there until about 2018. I mean, yes, yes. So Bucks obviously never really recovered too much from them. Then they you know, go and draft Giannis and Dendekoop. And there were some times, like, you know, eight, seven, six seeds, sure. Never really were getting to the Eastern Conference Finals again. And if you don't believe me on the rigged stuff, just type in 76ers, Bucks, rigged, and there's so many different things. Even Bill Simmons, Rowdy, has a giant podcast on it, uh, breaks it down of how, oh my God, it just drives me nuts. The amount of fouls called against the Bucks, the disparities from foul calls, free throws, uh, you name it, and everything. It is obvious, rigged against the Milwaukee Bucks. So it all kind of spiraled down from there. They broke up their big three, right? The Bucks, eight, seven, six seeds. We've seen that. And then they draft this guy named Giannis Adendokounmpo. And Rowdy, after Giannis kindly coming into his own, we had the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Toronto Raptors. Last time I remember and recall, the Bucks were up 2 to nothing on the Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals, were they not? They were. What happened? They lost four straight games. Now, Kawhi Leonard, a little different player, obviously, than Trey Young. Trey Young a little banged up. Kawhi Leonard, the claw, one of the greats. So there's difference there. But remember when we were already booking tickets for the NBA Finals to see the Bucks? Well, they lost to the Raptors. Rowdy, then they had the best record in the league. What happened uh, the next year after owning the best record in the NBA? Well, they came back after a paused NBA season to the NBA bubble. They looked like absolute trash for the, what was left of the regular season. Mm-hmm. And then they got absolutely housed in the second round by the Miami Heat. They did. That is a fact. I'm not counting my chickens before they hatch. I do feel as if the Bucks are going to punch their tickets to the NBA Finals. But again, they're only up 2-1. to one. And as a Wisconsin sports fan, as the guy who is the founder of the Nut Kick Continuum, I would say be a little easy with your expectations right now. Let's do it as Mike Budenholzer suggests, Giannis Dendekumo suggests, Chris Middleton suggests. One day at a time. The Bucks, Rowdy. Uh, as a Bucks fan, basically my whole life, pain and misery is is what I know. That's that's like being that's a sports fan for anyone, unless you're like a New England Patriots fan or a Boston. If you're in the Boston area and supported a in that real stretch there when they kept winning everything from hockey to baseball to football and basketball, uh, that was a hell of a run that the Boston area had. That there. was a hell of a run. So everyone else knows pain and misery. I heard a lot of people really counting their chickens before they're hatched, Rowdy, about the Milwaukee Bucks. Now I get it. The Atlanta Hawks aren't don't match up the greatest with the Milwaukee Bucks. The Atlanta Hawks have Trey Young, who's got a ankle sprain and a bruised foot. The Atlanta Hawks aren't the odds-on favorite according to Vegas. I get it. But here's the thing: you still have to play the games. Yeah, and, and one thing is I like to watch a lot of the games, look at matchups, players, and kind of maybe not not necessarily listen to all the other critics or media members when they say a bunch of things and kind of form my own opinions on what which, I see. Which everyone should be doing anyways, but yes. And that's exactly why when we refer to that Toronto series, I felt like Toronto was the better team from what I was seeing they were making the necessary adjustments. They had the all-around superstar. And I said that I thought the Toronto Raptors would win that series. I took a ton of flack. Indeed you did. When the Bucks were down. From, or, me, from or, me included. Yes. When it was two to nothing. And I said, just wait. <laughs> just well, just it, wait. The series isn't over yet. Just wait. The series isn't over yet. They still have to go to Toronto. You know, because I thought I saw something. I thought I was right, and I stuck with it because I thought I saw a matchup. Turned out that was right. Now, the Milwaukee Bucks here, going into this Hawks series, what did we say about Coach Boonholzer? 
A lot of people were putting them on the hot seat if they lost to the Nets. Yes. And now all of a sudden they get the Hawks. Well, you look up the matchups with the Hawks, and outside of Trey Young, who's an incredible scorer, the Bucks have the better matchups. They should go to the NBA Finals. They're the better they team. They have the deeper and the more talented team. Mm-hmm. And now when Trey Young has a, a sore ankle or a twisted ankle, they should... Based whether Trey Young had a good ankle or a bad ankle doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They still, they should, still should have won this series or win this series. Yes. Looking at the matchups, looking at just how the season is unfolding. If they don't, is the disaster. But again, it is the Milwaukee Bucks. We have not seen them here since '74, so we've never actually seen. Yeah, them. We've, I've never been alive to see the Bucks in the finals. Neither is Rowdy. Unless you're, doing some, just, unless you're doing some Benjamin Button thing on you. Yeah, let's just believe it once we see it. They should now, beat listen, the Hawks. I'm excited. I'm pumped up. This, I've never experienced something like this where everything, every break, every little thing, every little luck thing has fallen in favor of the Milwaukee Bucks. Everything has been going the Bucks' way. And you feel like it is a team of destiny. I'm not going to come out here and just automatically start yelling about the Bucks or going to the finals and winning it all. Because the Suns, they can make their own little case, too, of how good they are. Because I, I, I foresee the Suns in the finals. We'll see if Paul George can in, do another performance like he did last night. In 2018, Ebo, I said that the Bucks were going to lose to the Celtics in the first round because they were a bunch of losers for losing that game. <laughs> and the Celtics had a ton a ton of talent, uh-huh. a ton of young talent. The Bucks lost that series. I said that they were going to lose to Toronto in that... Uh, Eastern Conference Finals because of the Kawhi versus Giannis difference. Now, Rowdy, you did say the Bucks would lose to the Nets in seven. I did. Just I, I've got to be fair. No, no, I'm going. I'm just going through it all. Okay. And the Raptors came back and won. Mm-hmm. Then the next year, the Bucks looked like trash, and the Miami Heat matched like, up extremely well. Like with terrible. Them, said that the Heat would beat them. I did say that the Nets would beat them in seven. The Bucks overcame a lot. A lot of adversity, especially in a couple of those games, though the Nets were shorthanded, but you can't fault the can't, Bucks for nope, that. Exactly. They got past that, but now this matchup with the Hawks says you should win and go to the NBA Finals. Exactly. So, Rowdy, what are you saying? They should do it. I'm not saying they're going <laughs> to do it. I'm not saying it. they will. I'm saying they should. They no. should. This is a moment in time as a specifically, obviously, a Bucks fan where you can pinpoint and say this Truly is the Bucks year. Everything is falling into place for them. It is. But the thing is, there's this nut kick continuum that is out there. Now, I do believe that the Bucks are going to the NBA Finals. I want to I want to go a day by day, though, like I'm in AA here, take one day at a time, because tonight's game four, Trey Young probably is going to play. He's questionable, but he is banged up. That obviously advantaged Milwaukee Bucks. They are on the road. What are Bucks favored by seven points last time I checked? Yeah. So the Bucks. This is their opportunity. This is their time. This is where the sports gods have smiled upon them, where everything is going their way. And it is very hard not to get your hopes up because, my God, it looks like they're going to do it, but I'm saying temper it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, look at look at the Milwaukee Bucks and their fortune post-round one. They draw the Nets, which was by far their toughest matchup unless they met a different, better team in the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Toughest matchup on the Eastern Conference side. They didn't have a full-strength Kyrie Irving. They didn't have a full-strength James Harden. Kevin Durant even basically had to play a game by himself. Yep. And they get past them in seven games. It still went to seven games, and there were a few of those games that you had to hold your breath to see who was going to win them. Mm-hmm. So they sneak past the Brooklyn Nets, and now you get this young kind of fun Atlanta Hawks team. Got a little that, attitude, a little that, chip on yeah, the shoulder. And they can score the basketball. Yeah. And now, granted, you're the better team. But now Trey Young probably, well, not probably, their most exciting player is dinged up. And now that's obviously the narrative being floated out there by the media. Mm-hmm. But it obviously went in your favor. Yeah. And then you look at the other two teams. What, do teams, they want the Bucks to apologize for it? It's not going to happen. You look at the other two teams in the Western Conference, and you had the Suns who had you know Chris Paul with COVID issues. Yep. And then you have like Kawhi Leonard out for the Clippers being their best player. You're looking around and going, This is it. Barring any super major injury to anyone on the Bucks, it's like they've work. been the healthiest. 
they've been the team that continues to be a good roster that they wins the, games. They got the most experience. And they ev- built themselves for this. Everyone else seems to be kind of falling apart or having some issues here or there. Yeah, and not only that, you have Chris Middleton on the scene now. Chris Middleton's got to be just like just oozing confidence after that game three performance. And this is totally as Bucks fans where you get yourself so hyped up because you're looking around and you're going, oh my gosh, it's coming together. It's all coming together. It's my kind of team. It's my kind of team. And you're just, you, you, you're like 99% of you are looking like, okay, this is what's going to happen. This is what they should do. But that's still 1% of you is going, it's the Bucks. They haven't done this. Where am I going to be let down? I just know... I just know that the nut kick continuum is out there ready to reel back and kick me right in the gonads. Well, here's the thing. I am excited. I am feeling it. The Bucks game four tonight. Uh, hopefully I don't crap all over my dreams with a abysmal performance, but I don't see it. Bucks have this moment in time to capture something special. It's theirs for the taking. Will they step and do it? I say yes. This is this is the power the show has here, Ben. We have guys getting text messages. They'll go to the, a word document, to big bold letters, to print it off, to hand it to you, to hand to hand to you, to hand to us. I'm just doing my job. Thank you, yeah, Ben. We appreciate yeah. that. And and by the way, real quick, what's your thoughts on the logo of Graham Mertz in the in Wilder coming out with uh, a baby Groot? Who we didn't even know who baby Groot was. I I hadn't seen his shirt, but I I haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy. I then saw his shirt, and it's a pretty exact ripoff. <laughs> yes, Mertz's logo is an exact ripoff as well. Like I'm I'm very pro all this like stuff. GameCube. I'm I'm very pro them making money. I forget the brand I sent you. It's literally Gorilla. the yeah the same thing. Like Guerrilla Warfare, the Guerrilla Games is called them. I'm very pro them all making money, but I don't get the logo thing. Like Rowdy had a good point. Like team up with like. Like a business, like a, a local business, like a car dealership, a restaurant, uh, you name it. A local podcast. Local, oh, Locked on Badgers podcast. Look, I'm for, as long as Graham Mertz is making more money, uh, bringing in more money than he used to make the logo, like that's a smart business Sure. Move. But that's it's just strange. Well, if if there's one bright side, it's pretty clear it didn't take that much time to make it. <laughs> so he, like, at least he's there focusing on what's going on in the field. Because if you had put more time into it, it probably would look a little different. Uh, Rowdy, tell Ben when the shirts would have been at a premium. Yeah, it was definitely after the height of the Illinois game. I mean, those things would have been sold out. I yeah, his his stock will continue to rise. Um, Do you then, think he's but, the most? Now they said he's one of the most marketable players in the Big Ten. Oh, absolutely! And like especially with this state and this program, like it's not your Alabama, it's not your Ohio State. But when you do come here and you're that star and you're that quarterback, like you are the massive fish in the smallish pond, yeah. if you will. So I think all these rules, I've talked about it a lot, it's going to help Wisconsin in recruiting because why would you go to Ohio State and sit for three years when you could come here and be, be the a man. star and then like uh, be the star of the state? Like I like I like the kid. I, obviously, I think it's a great signing, but there's a part of me that's like, it's time to pump the brakes a little bit here. Oh, yeah, I'm, I, listen, if you, if you can make money off of it and it's not a distraction no, or whatever. No, I'm saying with like the hype. Oh, with the hype around. Well, there's, oh, there's one. There's one good game. There's one incredible game. Yes. Well, and you then, have to put into context what last season was for him, and yeah. and what his career at Wisconsin's been so far. Well, you get the Illinois game, and then you get the the positive COVID test. He comes back and plays against Michigan. Plays pretty decent too. And then it was like Oof. fell off the face of the earth. Shoulder but he injury. was missing receivers. Supposedly had a shoulder injury. But after that Illinois game, it was like everything else was just downhill from there. And obviously, I feel like. Well, he's been hyped up through the media since he was like a junior in high school. Well, the Illinois game is like it's like you know, Ben. I'm not gonna. I don't want to get too graphic here, but if you're you know you're you know, getting in the sheets a little bit and doing a little foreplay, and all of a sudden you look down, you're like, "Oops, I swear that never happened. Sorry." Like, oh, and then all of a sudden the fun's over. Like that. I feel like it was the Illinois game. Like you're like working up to something, and all of a sudden you're left everyone else after a little foreplay. You're like that. That that's it. Like, well, Illinois did suck. Like, like they were awful last year. <laughs> terrible. You, you have to go even swear, earlier. Baby, that never happens. I don't usually do that. <laughs> for, the, for the context of his season, you have to go earlier than that. Because he, he comes into the offseason. He's not supposed to play. Then the entire preseason gets canceled. Like, for most of the time, they didn't even think they would play a season. Then Jack Cohen breaks his foot. He has 18 days to prepare for the year. And as a, as a freshman who has taken, I don't know, like seven snaps before that, then he has to go all out, be the starter, and then as the year goes on, the team misses weeks. They 
pretty much all of his weapons yeah, are tough. out. I mean, you're, the world's crumbling around you. He gets hurt. So, it, like, if you consider that whole context of, of what he went through and the things he struggled with on the field are things that you improve with time. Well, and he was thrown in right work, away. Yeah, your footwork, your timing. Like, I get the hype. The hype is there, there's way more hype than there is reality. Well, but obviously, the, he's hyped because he's one of the good. highest. He's like the highest rated recruit at quarterback Wisconsin's ever landed. So he's obviously going to get hyped up. Because Wisconsin doesn't land like those quarterbacks. Yeah. So yeah, he was he probably was overhyped, but that kind of makes sense. But you but have he to should consider have been. he should be overhyped because like yeah. we've never had a recruit like this. Yeah, and you have to consider the context of his struggles. This year will like I mean he he's not going to be this Illinois. Not a make or break Mertz. year, but this is yeah. No, I don't know. I think he kind of is. You think so? No, I it's not a make or break year. You but come in, you come into a guy that was one of the highest touted quarterbacks that the Badgers ever had. I can see both ways. Obviously, Jack Cohn played phenomenal in 2019. He didn't come in and win the job, but he clearly won the backup job. Then you you talk about. Who knows if he would have even have won the job in 2020 if Cone didn't break his foot? Oh, he wouldn't had, have. Had one really, really, team. really good game. Watch his Cone was had amazing. An above average game against Michigan, and then obviously there was a shoulder. There were no receivers. There was a lot of issues here. COVID was up and down. But now everyone's been in that same COVID playing field for a full year now. And there's no real excuses. Like you got to come out. He's supposedly healthy. You got to come out and play and play well to live up to that. Because we've had quarterbacks here. As Wisconsin fans, we've always been searching for a quarterback, the quarterback to put you over the edge. Well, you had guys like Jack Russell Cone. Wilson for one year, who was amazing. Stop you had guys <laughs> like Scott Tolzien, who at the time a lot of people didn't respect. But then when you look back on, you go. Damn, Scott Tolzien was pretty damn good. Really good at handing the ball off. And then you go one further and you look Sorry, at Jack Cohn, and you're like, Jack Cohn, looking back at it, you would take a Jack Cohn every Jack single Cone year. Jack Cohn was awesome. Jack Cohn was great. how many people criticized Jack Cohn basically his entire career? Everybody. Yeah, exactly. Jack Cohn was a baller. Everybody. Same thing with Scott Tolzien. Yeah, I, I just wouldn't call this year make or break for Mertz. Like, he's going to be a lot better. The whole, like, situation around him is a lot better, and... Like the like the team as a whole, he's in a better situation to succeed. He's gonna succeed, but I don't think well, we should. Well, would you ex- say that's make or break then? If if you're saying he's got a better team around him and he's healthy and he's got to be there and they got to succeed, then he okay. has to okay, succeed. Okay, so obviously it totally depends what your level of success is. Mertz isn't gonna be out there like Illinois every game. Let's no, be it, honest with ourselves. He's not. Are Nobody, we gonna take like a Michigan game? Like, is that the ceiling for no, to, like, saying, consistently think, a Michigan game? I think he needs to be the, at least the second best quarterback in the Big Ten to, to have a real coming out party. That's fair. I think that's a fair bar. It just depends where you set the bar. Like, I think you have to well, set the bar for him and the team at winning the West, getting to the Big Ten Championship. At least 10 wins. I think hopefully beating Ohio State. Well, when are you done When are you done with just getting to the Big Ten Championship and saying, we need to win the Big Ten Championship? Like, yeah, but, that's, yeah, but a lot of that's out of your control when Ohio State agreed, has But you can only get to NFL there so prospect. many times and be like, okay, well, I'm sick of just getting here and getting my ass handed to me. It's time to take the step. Yeah. I, and yeah. I think Mertz can be that guy to take the step. I think their goal has to be to win at least 10 games, win the West, and play in the Big Ten Championship, and then you reevaluate your goals once you get there. God, how many times have you been in the Big Ten Championship? I know, but right now you have to say with this team, with how inconsistent it was last year, that's not a team that you say, man, this team's going to win the Big Ten this year. I've talked myself into it. I talk myself into it every year. Uh, No, 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 I've talked myself (laughs) way off the ledge. Like I think they are winning the Big Ten. I'm there. I'm right there with you, Ben. I can feel it. And Mertz is going to be running around with his new logo sold out everywhere because he's going to be the best quarterback in the Big Ten. And especially if Ohio State's uh, Illinois game every game quarterback doesn't live up to necessarily the recruiting stars. This is the first year since 1952 that they have not returned a quarterback that has taken a snap in college football. Really? Yes. And but yet they get the four and five star quarterbacks. But if they happen to flop, yeah. Hey, speaking of speaking of flopping. Sorry, Roddy, finish your thought. No, I was going to say, we've seen talented, talented quarterbacks at Ohio State that ended up having to transfer out that weren't necessarily good quarterbacks.